0: So first up then, um, uh, let's hear from those who were instrumental in making sure that South African sport is uh, readmitted to the international scene. And uh, the first uh, clip that we're going to uh, play and the first interview we're going to go back to is our conversation a couple of months ago with Dr Ali Bacha, former Cricket SA Administrator, of course, President of Cricket South Africa at the time of the United Cricket Board, was it? And um, I began by asking um dr bacha about the rebel tour remember the rebel tour a lot was said about that we did discuss it on our show and how does dr bacha feel about the rebel tour before the break dr bacha you mentioned uh the rebel tours during your time and uh there were a lot of rebel tours at that time and you were heavily involved at the time how did you think that would help the situation um or the cricket in the country
1: i think it looked like there were three reasons you know we were isolated in 1970 I was captain of that national team um, and as the 70s progressed we were still hoping we could get back into world cricket and we had one particular visit to the UK uh, where the English cricket authorities were straight with us They said listen chaps um, if we play you people, India, Pakistan Sri Lanka, the West Indies will not us. it's not possible I'm sorry until Apartheid goes, there'll be no international cricket for you. I thought, and said so it, some of our fellow administrators, that Apartheid would be there for life, and therefore we'd be banned for life. And how wrong we were, because, you know, with the unbanning of the ANC, and as I came into close contact with people like Leipzig Shwetty, Tommy and Becky, they tell me that even though they were in Roman Island, They all knew, they were convinced that apartheid would come to an end. And so they were right. So we were wrong in that assessment.
0: So, Dr. Bacher they're talking about those rebel tours that were a series of cricket tours. Um, in the early 80s up until 1990, they were called rebel tours because uh, South Africa was banned from competing in inter- international cricket because of apartheid. And uh, But uh, still, some of these tours were organized and they were conducted. And that's why those who came here were called uh, the rebels. And they led to a lot of unhappiness, a lot of protests and a lot of riots. Uh, Dr. Bacher told us in one of the interviews that I think it was in their first game Uh, Was it in Mangawung in Bloemfontein, where the people just gathered outside the stadium and they realized that, yeah, I don't think we'll be able to play cricket. And he admits that he was wrong. And while we were speaking to Dr. Bacha, we were also joined on the line um, by another man who played a huge role, huge, huge role, Pre-isolation here, uh, Mr. Nandaball for former sports minister of South Africa, of course, and he, uh, uh, he well, he talked to us about those talks before readmission.
1: Nandi was a very key player in the unification of South African Early times, it was difficult times, but he was a key player there um, with a couple of other people to make sure that the unification worked. It was a true unification, and was there for betterment of all cricket lovers of this country.
0: Mm. And for you, Mr. Balfour, when did you first cross paths with Dr. Bacher?
2: Oh, let, let me list that by this. Um, Ali is, is 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 a little bit wrong, not totally wrong, in saying I was in the unification talks. But Steve, who loved Ali, was Steve Threat. Yes. Loved Ali. Thank you. Because they can they could talk. We followed in the footsteps of great men. In in the beginning we used to say no normal sport in a normal society. Mm. Isolation days were difficult. Not only for one side, for all sides. And um, I'm, I'm just coming to the Mike Getting tour, mm. which he talked about. I was listening the whole time to his conversation. I'm in Alice, by the way. Um, that's mm. where I learned my cricket. It again. That's where I learned my man. That's where I learned cricket. Mm. Um. So the Mike Getting Tour was difficult. We, we went to London to try and stop it. Correct. We were three. But we came back thinking, no, they are going to stop this thing. But it didn't. Mike Getting and his team were just coming. We got two players to pull out of that tour. And uh, as Ali says, it started... And it had to be abandoned. Hmm. One of the things that I take my hat off to Ali, during those talks, which were very, very tough, Ali always showed a cool um, um, imposure. Even though we went there very angry to some meetings with Joe Pamensky who was also... Not so bad. We thought Ali is will be on our side at some stage. And he, he did. He was on our side. So when he calls me a friend, I take it in a very humble way. That is. Because it was tough, tough, tough. Mm. Um and then when we got the unification together one of the things i always always remember was that we said the South of an emblem is the big protea flower that's why the cricket team called the proteas yes ali worked with us to do that unlike other codes i'm not going to mention that but it's a long story we worked together me, you and Darling both were I in a McCallum situation. We won we that situation. McCallum Mac-
1: Mac- Mac- Tini we
2: were dead. McCallum and Tini. And I said, death, don't love this We went together with you. You came to my house in Alice and you worked on that. we going to offer me? And said, you are doing a documentary on my I was oh, so, so
0: bad. Yeah, no, this was uh, a very emotional interview here with uh, former sports minister uh, Nguyen De Balfour as well as uh, uh, cricket administrator, Dr. Ali Baha, just taking us through back in time to what was going on during those talks. And um, I've always said that we use this show to educate ourselves, to also educate the young ones, just about our history, just about our sporting heroes of yesteryear. And that's why we uh, do shows uh, like like this. And that's why we felt it's important just to highlight them, especially on this two-hour special on Youth Day. The other story that we have uh, covered, also related to our theme today, is that of England international cricketer of south african origin mr basil de Oliveira he was nicknamed dolly and couldn't play for the for his country here in south africa because of the color of his skin Uh, got a chance then to go overseas went to go play county cricket and uh, then after that he played for england in over 40 matches if i remember correctly there and um when the story was told uh, we were told that he even had to maybe alter his age a bit so that he can play a little bit um a little bit longer because he couldn't play in his prime here in South Africa and we do know now that there is a trophy of course dedicated to him the Basil de Oliveira uh, a trophy that teams play for I think it's when South Africa and England play and then they play for that trophy but we did uh, catch up with um, SABC sports commentator or cricket commentator Mr Aslam Kota Kota, as well as a sports commentator Mo Ali they took us through the story of Basil de Oliveira and how he was a castellist for change for South Africans sport let's go there
3: you know uh you you, you touched on on, on basil de Oliveira. we all know the impact that uh, basil de Oliveira had on uh, south africa's cricketing isolation and uh you know it, it, it's just a fascinating story because uh basil actually had to lie about his age as well you know he huh. he, he made his professor he made his uh, test debut as a 35 year old but at that time Nobody knew he was actually 35 years old, because who would, who would select a 35-year-old to make your debut in the Test team? So he actually lied about his age. He said he was younger than what he was. <laughs> he was encouraged to shave his moustache, for example, to make him look younger. And it was only in later years that his true age was revealed. And, uh, you know, for, he, 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 it's just a fascinating story, because he had a poor tour of the West Indies prior to uh, the, the series against Australia. He was dropped that series against Australia in 1968, uh, got into the team for the final test because Tom Cartwright had had been injured, and uh, he he then made use of that opportunity, was dropped on 31 and then went to go and make 158. And uh, still he wasn't selected in the England team to uh, come and play against South Africa, and the South African government under B.J. Foster had actually made it clear that they would not accept an England team that contained a so-called colored player in the form of Basil de la Vera. They said that that was the team of the anti-apartheid movement. And Basil de la Vera was not selected even after making 158 in that uh, game against Australia because there had been some connivances between the English authorities and the South African authorities. In fact, he was actually offered a contract of £40,000 at that time to come and coach in South Africa to prevent him from making himself available for that England team. And uh, again... Tom contract was selected, he pulled out of the team uh, because of injury and there was Basil de Oliveira selected and uh, we, we all know that the South African government refused to, to accept a team that included Basil de Oliveira and that eventually resulted in the isolation of South African cricket between uh, 1970 when the Australians last played here until their, their first test in uh, 1991 back in, in this country.
0: Wow, oh, what a story. What a great insight there from Mo Ali. Aslam, the, the, the teams are now playing for the Basil de Oliveira Trophy. I'm going to leave the room.
4: I think you can do with Mohamed. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: They're playing for the Basil de Oliveira Trophy. It's been happening for the past few years. Do you get the sense that the players are aware of, 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 of just the, the significance and the impact of this
4: man? I reckon the English have uh, a bigger, uh, uh, I think, appreciation of uh, playing for the Basil de Oliveira trophy. Remember, Mm. he's been honoured in in Worcester, as we've just heard from Mohammed. He also has a grandstand named after him at that particular ground. What happened was a number of years back, there was this uh, call for part of the Western Province Cricket Association's ground, which is Newlands, Mm. to have uh, a grandstand or a portion of it named after Basil de Oliveira. And you wouldn't believe the negative reaction came out all of, of the the, the, non, the former non-racial clubs that came out of the South African wow. Cricket Board of Control and South African Cricket Board. So that to me was, was very disappointing because I just keep thinking that they don't see the bigger picture, that he was only a catalyst in what was going to inevitably be South Africa's isolation. And it needed something quite extraordinary to bring it into the uh, uh, focus of the world uh, and more so the sporting world, that this is actually so real in South Africa. And it needed a country of uh, England's stature mm-hmm. to be involved in this whole uh, big fiasco as it was then, for them to have realized what, is, what had gone on. Because immediately after the, the South Africa's isolation in cricket, the uh, it was then even stronger at FIFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Olympic Committee did the same thing. And then tennis, which uh, they used to come and play here, Davis Cup and everything isolated South Africa. And the rippling effect after that was was massive. Sport On on SAFM.
0: So that's the story then of Basil de Oliveira told to us by Mo Ali and Mr. Aslam Kotta. Thank you uh, for that. And uh, if, please share with us if you have any uh, comments, any view, any uh, memories or uh, any views you might want to share regarding some of these uh, stories that we are revisiting on this Youth Day, please share with us. Let us know how you feel. Let us know uh, what you'd like to educate us about. Maybe we've missed something. Maybe we can't cover something tonight. Uh, so don't be shy to call us on 891 104207 And if you're around in those days. Just tell us what challenges we're, were were faced or were you facing, especially um when it comes to sport during uh those days there of apartheid. You can send us voice notes to O six one four one oh four uh one oh seven and I believe we've got a caller on the lines. and Devin good evening sir.
2: Good evening to you Javiso. Javiso as usual man. Thank you for speaking about uh uh Trevor Basil the man you know it brings back memories man and it's so nice Refreshing to hear the real true stories mm. of what Basil de Oliveira went through. I was in those times when you know used to mm. read scripts and so on. And the man you should have on the show, I mean, hey, I'm I'm not learned and so on. Uh, mm. See, Sam Ram Sammy, man, you know, he took us yes. to the Olympics and so on in in those boycott times. And um, uh, Trevor Goddard, you know, uh, one of the one of our greatest cricketers, yes, Trevor Goddard. And thank you for talking about that, really, all of you, man. You know, it brings back memories. Uh, yeah, Sam Ram, Sami, man. That's
0: a good one. Former uh, IOC boss. That's a very good one. The Olympic yes, boss uh, yes, sir. Thanks
2: yes, sir.
0: Yes, sir. Thank, thank
2: you. Uh,
0: good. Thank you. We'll make a note of that. And by the way, we've reached out to. Basil de Oliveira's grandson so many times. Unfortunately, we can't get through to him. Hopefully, when we when he's able to speak to us, Brett, uh, he'll be able to uh, speak to us because he's playing county cricket there in uh, England and uh, continuing where his grandfather left off there, keeping the family's legacy and name alive. Uh, so uh, hopefully, we can get a chance to speak to Brett uh, sometime on SAFM Spot On. Another one that we had, another former sporting star. I know that most I know people have... Um, Um, conflicted views about this one and uh, for a number of reasons too and I know that even when we had a live on our show all the way from the US uh, some people were actually shocked well it was one person that was shocked that she was actually white but i believe that a lot of people were also shocked that you, she was white at the time uh, because uh, she had a name that is common in the black communities that is zolabad zolabad was a middle distance and long distance runner um uh, back in the 80s and in the 90s there and at the 1984 olympic games she went to go run uh for great britain And uh, we all know, of course, that big incident uh, that happened there at the games where she had that incident with, uh, was it Mary Decker, with Mary Decker there. I don't know how many times I've watched it where uh, they basically she trips and then Mary trips. And then it just becomes a mess, 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 mess. And we caught up with Zola Bart Petersen, who now resides in the U.S., oh, by the way. And I did ask her, I mean, has she watched that race? Um, how is her relationship with Mary Decker at the moment?
5: Yeah, I've seen it once, and then they made the the documentary, The Fall, yes. and we spoke about that in detail in, in that. And it's really interesting because me and Mary have so many things in common, um, and our lives as well. It, it's actually amazing. And, and we through the making of that movie, The Fall, we've become really good friends. I think so. I think when when that incident occurred, it it was almost like affirmation that that was probably the worst mistake ever to try and run the 84 Olympic Games at the age of, of 18, and that being my first international event. But it was a situation that... That came up and we were more or less into it and and I couldn't get out of it in in a way. But I don't have any regrets about my life. Um, I've I've learned too much from my life to have any regrets. I'm, I'm thankful for everything that has happened in my life because I was able to learn so much from it.
0: And of course that big incident was when she went to go run for Britain where she applied for British citizenship and she took it up because her grandfather was British and a lot of people were saying at the time that she's taking the shortcut, she's taking the easy way out because South Africa is banned from international competition and here she goes uh, to run for a Great Britain. But she did say um, in the interview that uh, she was 18 at the time and she really um, couldn't, did not probably understand what was happening in the country. She just wanted to run at the time and uh, she wasn't in touch with the reality in South Africa, uh, that is Zolapad Apertise. And um, so why did she move to the state and what does she make of the running scene at the time, at, at the, in the country at the moment?
5: Some sadness, thinking back to the 80s and um, what they used to call the golden years of, of distance running in the 80s with so many good distance runners out there um, and, and all the people that I, I can remember from, from that era. So yeah, a bit of sadness remembering all of them. Um no, nobody told me about it, but um the company sent me a copy of it, and um I still have it at home so yeah i'm I'm still proud owner of of, of probably one of the first copies ever made of that so yes i'm I'm very thankful for that.
0: And she's talking about the song Zola Nkeli Lift, if I remember it correctly. It was me and lift by uh, the late Mabri There, she says she was one of the first people that uh, got a copy of that CD. I asked her if she'd been in, she's been in a Zola Pad before, and uh, she hadn't been in a Zola Pad before. And maybe somebody can remind us, because it was a little bit before our time. What was a which taxi was a Zola Pad? I know it was a taxi. That one I know. Was it M was it an E twenty? Was it a high Ace or a Mitsubishi? Maybe you can tell us which Taxi was a Zolobad. And I guess was it because it was fast that it that there was a song now, um that the taxi was named a Zolobad or was it because it lasted longer. It was a reliable car because she was a middle and long distance runner as well about. And maybe that's why they named the song after her. You can send send those voice well, that's why they named the taxi after her, but you can send us those voice notes to 061-4104-107. If you prefer to call like Scully, 0891-104-207 and our SMS line is 41391.